Welcome to the Visegrad Insight Podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. 30th of October 2023, and this is our regular podcast here at Visegrad Insight. My name is Adam Yasse, and I'm editor in charge of our weekly outlook. Uh, a prominent topic this week was the EU summit devoted to Ukraine and the mixed messaging over events in Gaza from member states and the EU itself. One striking feature of the summit was criticism of Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, who again compared the EU to the Soviet Union, uh, and that came just days after he met Russian President Vladimir Putin in China, which also annoyed many of his EU partners. At the same time, Hungary voted with the United States and a handful of other states to oppose a UN resolution calling the offensive in Gaza without mentioning Hamas atrocities on October 7. This is not the first inconsistency in Mr. Orban's position on international affairs. Um, on the one hand, he's siding with Russia and China on the war in Ukraine, refusing to, to call it Russian aggression. On the other, he, he clearly uh, sided with Israel uh, and uh, the, despite the fact that Russia, Turkey and China, so his, his partners uh, in, in lots of other European issues, uh, take an extremely opposite view. So um, there seems to be a bit of a confusion about what Mr. Oban does. And today we are going to discuss this topic with our special uh, guest, um, Martin Gergely, who is uh, foreign editor at uh, KGB, uh, a Hungarian uh, news outlet. Welcome. Yes, hi. Thank you for joining us for, for, for this discussion. Um, let me ask you a question. What do you make of Mr. Orban's maneuvering and what is his objective on, in all of this? <laughs> I'm pretty much afraid we don't know. Hungary or the Hungarian politics uh, became a one-man show. And uh, to know the real reasons behind some maneuvers, you would need to be in Orban's head. And uh, I'm afraid uh, his own uh, advisors uh, don't always uh, manage to get inside his head. Uh, for me, as uh, editor-in-chief of the biggest uh, uh, Hungarian weekly, we don't have any chance of uh, talking to him personally. So this is his choice. Uh, for me, it is uh, fascinating how he can manage to have so uh, opposing uh, opinions on the two big uh, uh, wars happening right now in the world. How he can at the same time say that uh, uh, every life is precious, so the Ukraine war must be stopped right now, ceasefire now, and that uh, Ukraine should be pressured into giving in to uh, Russian demands, at the same time uh, speaking about uh, Israel's right to self-defense and that uh, and that Israel uh, has to make sure that uh, that such atrocities can't be committed again. But you have to see that in the last 15 years, so even before Orban took office, uh, his uh, alliances has changed. Have changed. First of all, his his uh, opinion on Russia and Vladimir Putin changed in 2009, and he has stuck, uh, he has uh, committed himself uh, to the to the Russian uh, position, and he kept 
loyal to it, uh, which I can't understand. I think uh, Olaf Scholz was right that last year in February there was a whole new world we have uh, uh, awakened to uh, after the, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But uh, Orban uh, remained loyal. Uh, and uh, he uh, didn't use the opportunity to distance himself, and he kept being loyal ever since to Vladimir Putin. Why he does that, we don't know. Sure, what are the consequences? What are the con consequences for Hungary? For Hungary, it, it, it's devastating. Uh, we are isolated, uh, we are embarrassed, uh, and we don't get anything out of it. Uh, I think that's, um, that's something uh, which is really happening in Orban's head. He is... A political fear now there for for actually th uh, three decades. He is thinking in other terms as normal politicians in uh, uh, in a, a democracy with a fair and balanced uh, uh, party structure. Uh, so he is not trying to win the argument today about the hot topic of let's say uh, uh, some hospitals not functioning correctly or a new study about uh, uh, educational pro problems. He is playing uh, foreign policy chess for a decade ahead. And in this feeling, he is, you know, siding with the bigger one. He is siding that usually it's Goliath who is winning and not David. So he is going with Goliath. And because he is not thinking in short terms, he can he can actually take a whole country hostage and uh, plan for decades ahead. And he thinks that on the long term, it is wiser to, 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 to keep on Russia's side. Now, let's go to Israel, because I think in the last 10 years, a few things happened uh, uh, in the direction of Israel. And mainly that's, that, that's the, the, the friendship, the bond, uh, those uh, autocratic or bully type politicians have developed to each other. So there's a real uh, 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 connection between Benjamin Netanyahu and Viktor Orban. Uh, so I think that it could have been a bit different uh, reaction to the to the things happening in Israel uh, if still Lapid uh, or Bennett would be uh, prime minister. But with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Orban has a special bond. Two, with his anti-immigration policies and his anti-immigration campaigns, Orban has learned to be uh, uh, a protector of um, the Judeo-Christian uh, uh, world. So he is, you know, uh, uh, an anti-Muslim uh, 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 fighter. And in that fight, he has uh, learned to uh, uh, somehow build connections to American Jewish associations, to build uh, a special rela uh, relation to Orthodox uh, Judaism here in Hungary. So he has uh, found a way of, of a new uh, uh, relation 
before that, his base was 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 uh, 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 strongly anti-Semitic and uh, anti-Israel. But Orban himself found, uh, I think, a positive idea in reaching a foreign audience which he hasn't reached before and this 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 foreign audience is the pro israeli western populistic movements so the trump movements have an element of jewish backing in it and orban likes to 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 campaign for them and then third there are quite some Israeli businessmen operating here in Hungary, and there are some economical bonds uh, and for uh, and uh, between the two countries. Uh, and let's not forget that the Hungarian government has bought the Israeli spy web Pegasus to spy on journalists, for example, for example, to spy on my colleagues here at HVG. The Hungarian-Israeli government uh, connections since Netanyahu and Orban are long-term uh, uh, minister-presidents in both countries are on a much deeper level. This bond between Netanyahu and Orban and this bond uh, between uh, Trump and an Israeli, uh, uh, pro-Israeli uh, opinion leaders uh, is what makes Orban uh, now uh, so so strongly on the side of Israel. Right. So basically, it, it appears that, uh, you know, Orban manifestly adores uh, Donald Trump. Isn't it the case? And, and it's mutual because we, we had yes. Donald Trump in the last few weeks uh, praising okay. this, this excellent gentleman, leader yes. of Turkey. Uh, that was a small mistake on Mr. Trump's part. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not, not the only Turkey. mistake he is making in every speech so uh, for him to exactly. know Orban's name shows that Orban has managed some type of, of recognition uh, on the populist right. movement right and 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 Mr. Orban proudly displayed a, a, a cap he received from Trump the other True. day but so so basically it seems to me that that Orban in his in his sort of global game if you will you you called it a game of chess uh, is basically mimicking the uh, the Trump and and the, the and the champion winning of the Republican Party. Yes, he does. I think you know he is looking for a non-rule-based world order. So what he needs is is a world in chaos or or, or at least with not clearly drawn structures that he can uh, play this game of of cherry picking the good things uh, from each uh, constellation from each friendship from from from, from each uh, uh, relationship to other countries so you see he was playing with the polish government uh, in the last 2 years another game uh, he has lost a lot of uh, sympathy uh, from uh, from the PIS, as far as I know, uh, for his pro-Russian uh, politics. But at the same time, he has used uh, rule of law procedures, uh, Article 7 procedures and other things to help his uh, friends in Warsaw uh, fight their anti-Brussels campaign. 
process. So he was trying to 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 give and take the best of everything, and always maneuvering, always saying he he actually said behind closed doors that the Poles are now you know in a state of emotional uh, uh, in an emotional state because of 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 Russia's war, but they will come to their senses. So let's keep cool and let's feed them with uh, with with our help in on, on, on the EU level. So he thinks he can cherry pick these things. And what he doesn't need is a very strictly divided world order where you where you have a rule-based democratic state on one side and then autocratic systems on the other side facing each other and denying each other, uh, you know, relations on technical, economical or political level. So he is trying right. to, 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 to do this. And I think there's a very interesting thing in his, uh, in his opposing ideas towards Ukraine and Israel that he right. is actually so powerful inside Hungary with all the institutions now changed in his favor that he thinks that he can sell total contradictions to his voter base. He can go to his voter base and be at the same time pro-Israeli and anti-Ukrainian, that he can actually manage the messaging of what he is doing, not caring about whether it has any logic to it or not, if it's really, you know, based on facts or only based on his own interests. Now he can sell totally different things to his water base and he is doing. Right. Well, this is all very interesting. And uh, finally, before before we finish, I wanted to ask you, how do you think, how critical it is for, for Mr. Orban to uh, unlock EU funds, uh, given that the economic outlook in Hungary is not so good? Uh, and and the follow-up question to this is, you know, is, is this something he's prepared to, to trade for, uh, for allowing uh, accession negotiations with Ukraine to start in December? I think the whole thing is a bargain for him. So he doesn't want to participate in the procedure as it should be. So he is not trying to give in on uh, rule of law issues for the money. He doesn't want to give up his possibilities to control the courts or mismanage EU funds. He wants the money without giving in. Whether he can do it or not, it's a question. Uh, sometimes it looks that he is on the right path. You know, the Financial Times lately reported that uh, in November, Hungary might get a, a part of the money uh, if it uh, agrees to uh, Ukrainian aid. Um, it is still uh, rumored that the French are, want, are, are, are on the side of uh, um, giving partly in. Uh, so uh, that Hungary should receive at least something because uh, because on the paper uh, Hungary has uh, has uh, answered a few of the of, of the rule of law problems. Mm-hmm. But I think Orban is playing this double game because he actually hopes one to threaten Europe ahead of the uh, uh, EU parliamentary elections next June. Uh, that he will run an anti-EU campaign and help in other countries 
for example, PILF or uh, AFD in Germany or uh, Lega in Italy. So to, to be a destructive force in Europe, if, 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 if there's nothing in uh, the membership for the Hungarian government. So if Europe doesn't give in, he would run a stronger anti-European campaign. Uh, two, he hopes that after June, uh, there's a new uh, European Parliament, and uh, he has hoped it five years ago, again, uh, five years ago, and five years ago, he was disappointed because the results were not as much in favor of him as he thought, but now he is again uh, assessing uh, a, a bigger populist uh, breakthrough, breakthrough with Rassemble Nation and Vox in Spain. So all, all, all the bad boys and bad girls of European politics. But is he could, prepared to veto? But is he, is he prepared, in your opinion, is he going to go as far as to veto the opening of accession negotiations with, with Ukraine? I think he will play with veto as long as so, so as I said this is this is the Istanbul bazaar uh, what he sees in Brussels and never a rule based community so we, he will always use his veto to uh, to press for things he wants to achieve and now he what he wants to achieve is that money is in time in Budapest for him to ease problems ahead of the 2026 elections so he has time, I think. He is playing on time. He can manage with his uh, uh, propaganda and with his total uh, reconstruction of the Hungarian legislation and laws. He can control the things uh, for a few, uh, uh, t- uh, for, for some time now. Uh, so I would think that he is counting on a breakthrough of populists in 2024 June. If that comes, he hopes to win the European debate without bigger concessions. And he thinks that he that that, that and he needs and he very much needs uh, veto possibilities to uh, to blackmail Europe. You have to understand the the whole uh, genius idea uh, of uh, of the European Commission was that with the uh, uh, rule of law procedures, the whole problem of Orban is now not in the Council, but in the Commission. And in the Council, you have the veto power. In the Commission, there's no veto. There's always, you know, a compromise. So Orban can't really blackmail the Commission. So this is why he is blackmailing every decision which is in the Council to somehow to put pressure on the Council. On, 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 on the commission. So on the commission. On the commission. It was a clever idea to divide Poland and Hungary from each other by going after Poland through the European court, where Hungary can't veto or block anything, and to go after Hungary through the commission, where Poland can't veto or block anything, and even Orban can't play his veto game because the commission is not working based on vetoes. So he needs other issues where he can be the one who is blocking things, where he is the one who is being, you know, courted to to agree with the others, be it the migration, be it Israel, be it uh, uh, Ukraine. He needs these fights to put pressure on the commission because the commission itself can't be blackmailed.
Well, listen, Martin, this was very, very interesting, very insightful. Thank you so much for, for, for joining us today. All right. I, I'm happy to have helped. Thank you so much. Bye, Adam. Bye.